0: Lizelle Beauty Co. creates fuss-free products that work on every skin type using the finest quality, naturally derived ingredients, such as wild plum or bilberry seed oil. Like us, they share a passion for the transformative power of nature, and they encourage their employees and customers to get outside to experience it as much as possible. There is a reason their mantra is naturally active. Today we'll be talking to Tessa Clark from the food sharing app Oleo. You're listening to Nature Bands. So, today we have Tessa from Oleo on the show. I'm really excited to have her here today because I've been looking up to her and the app Oleo for a very long time. So, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you. <laughs> I need to massively high-five you because not only are you a female founder, but a parent in tech and in social tech, and you've managed to take a slice of 1% of the UK venture capital funding that only goes to female founders. How how did that happen? (laughs) Um,
1: Well, thank you for all the lovely words. Uh, With regards to the fundraising, I'm not going to lie, it's it's pretty hard. Uh, When you first set out to raise, I saw all of the stats that Whilst approximately 15%, I think it is, of startup founders uh, or startup businesses are founded by women, only 1% of all funding goes to women. Uh, In terms of kind of getting through it and making it happen, it just takes an awful lot of blood, sweat, tears, persistence, and just a refusal to go away or give up. (laughs) That's amazing.
0: How long were you doing it for then? Well, we've actually raised three
1: rounds of financing now. Mm -hmm. Um, The last round that we raised was last summer, which is our Series A, and that took end-to-end about six months. Okay,
0: so that's pretty quick though, really
1: didn't feel like no, it. <laughs> I can imagine.
0: So I, I was reading a stat the other day, I think it was from Tech Nation's report that says profit-seeking tech for good businesses in the UK have collectively raised 1.9 billion in venture capital. So you've got a slice of that, right? Yes. Yeah. And,
1: and that's fantastic. And definitely yeah. everything is moving in the right direction. It's just not moving quickly enough. I think yeah. that's what I find most frustrating about it not just that it makes my job harder to raise money for olio but i look at all these amazing female founders amazing diverse founders actually Mm -hmm. quite frankly and nine times out of ten they seem to be solving real problems problems that really 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 need to be fixed and that's why i find it even more frustrating that diverse founders aren't getting enough share of capital because that means that The problems that really need to be solved aren't getting financed properly. But once the investment community sort of increasingly wakes up to this, then I think there's an enormous opportunity because when you're solving a real problem, then there's massive opportunities to build a great business and deliver a great return.
0: Yeah, it's some really interesting points you make there. I saw you talk at Unbound recently yeah. and oh, you gave me goose yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because you were just up there and you were just saying how it was and you were sitting next to other people sort of in the same area I think um, Bethnal Green Ventures were on the stage and a couple mm-hmm. of other people and I felt like your call to arms reg- regarding the climate emergency and everything that's happening and that there's people designing and developing tech to help solve those solutions but perhaps Mm. don't get access to to the right people um do you have you started like a women in tech or women in tech for good founders group or anything (laughs) because you totally should (laughs) um no i no i haven't but um
1: i am increasingly finding myself um having the conviction to stand up and say what I really think I think for too long and I'm sure sort of like many women have sort of stayed quiet and behaved myself I'm now in the second half of my life (laughs) Um, I have kids I can see what is happening with the climate crisis Mm -hmm. and I'm now just kind of sick and tired of being quiet and being the good girl uh, and I'm just standing up I love this and
0: Seeing it how uh, it is, I love this. Make sure you do more of it. I want to see it. I, I saw. I read your Medium post recently as well, but we'll come on to that. So over to Olio then. I've been saying it wrong for like so long. So when you were on oh, stage, it doesn't I was matter so, so long as you're
1: saying it. It's fine.
0: <laughs> I was for some reason I was saying Olio, but now I try and correct myself and say Olio. So if I say it, forgive me.
1: Honestly, neither <laughs> is great.
0: So you were on you're on Sky recently and um, I think you said half of all food waste takes place in the home yes. as as opposed to retail stores which actually is quite surprising um, so the average UK family is throwing away 800 pounds of food a year which collectively adds up to 15 billion pounds have I have I sta- stated that All of that is absolutely correct. Wow. So what's what's the reason behind this then, do you think? Yeah, I mean, if if I
1: had a pound for every time someone didn't believe me when I said that half of all food waste took place in the home, I wouldn't have to fundraise. Um, True. But it's really counterintuitive, actually. Most people assume that the majority of food waste takes place at a retail store level, but that just couldn't be further from the truth. So as you've already said, half of all food waste takes place in the home in comparison to approximately 2% of all food waste takes place at a retail store level. And when I first came across that data, I sort of scratched my head and and didn't really understand it. But I've kind of figured it out now, which is that there are 28 million households that are throwing away a quarter of their weekly shop Mm -hmm. in comparison to 10 or 15,000 supermarket stores that are maybe throwing away half to one percentage point. So you know a quarter of 28 million versus half to 1% of 10 or 15,000 that is why we are half the problem and it you know it on the one hand it's very depressing that we are half the problem but on the other hand it's incredibly exciting so i think at the moment too many people will you know chuck two brown bananas in the bin and think wow you know what difference does it make I don't really count anyway but what we really want to say to people is you make an enormous difference because there's 28 million other households also lobbing a couple of bananas into the bin this week that's a lot of banana bread it's, it's a lot of banana <laughs> bread it's a lot of smoothies <laughs> ice um, cream ice cream yeah. yeah okay that so can you tell us a little bit more about oleo then The Oleo app is really designed um, to provide a really kind of fun, easy, social, convenient way to share your food with someone who's living nearby, so a neighbour, rather than tossing it in the bin. And so how it works is perhaps if you're going on holiday, moving home, going on a diet, you've overcated for a party, you've had an unwanted food gift, this sort of no shortage of reasons why you might have food that you don't want or need you just simply snap a photo and add it to the app neighbours living nearby get an alert letting them know that something new has been added near them they can then browse the listings request what they want and then they pop around and pick it up and how has the community been growing over the last few years? Yeah, so we started Olio, the pilot version, in the second half of 2015, just in five postcodes in North London, mm-hmm. just to see if this weird food sharing app idea yeah. would even work or not. A good place to try it as well, I think. It was, yeah. yeah. Um, it was sort of a good place to try it. Also, um, Sasha, my co-founder, and I sort of lived there. And in the early days of a startup, you've literally got to pound the pavement. Yeah. And so for a lot of reasons, it made sense to start there. I okay, can um, that resonates with me. Yeah. Not <laughs> pounding the pavements. Um, but uh, about six weeks ago now, we passed a massive milestone, which we're so excited by, which is that over a million people have now joined Olio. And they together have shared two million portions of food. Wow. And that is the environmental equivalent of taking five million car miles off the road. That's crazy. I can't even get my head around it. Well, it's crazy, but it's also so exciting because yeah. I know that we're doing sort of 0.001% Of our potential. And and I'm sure many of the people who are listening to us today haven't yet started sharing their food. So just imagine when we can get everyone in London, everyone in the UK, everyone in the world even sharing their food, then that's just going to have an enormous positive effect
0: definitely and so are you available across the uk like can people pick things up in the uk can they can they do it in america yet or anything like that yeah so within the uk just over half of all
1: sharing takes place actually outside of london yeah uh, and just under half of all sharing is in london and then when you look at the business as a whole Uh, 80% of the sharing takes place in the UK and 20% is taking place overseas so we have had food successfully shared so not just added to the app but added to the app requested and picked up in 49 countries so far Yeah
0: because the idea came about if, if i remember correctly from reading stalking you um <laughs> did it come back when you were on holiday or it was, something i was
1: living uh, i was living overseas so That's i was living it. in uh, in switzerland yeah and i was moving back to the uk and you had some aubergines or avocados kicking around sweet potatoes oh. and a shrink wrapped white cabbage that were all untouched and absolutely perfect and the removal men said that i had to throw it all in the bin and i was just absolutely horrified and i was not prepared to do that so i set out onto the streets to try and find someone to share with did, did you failed ban- and oh man oh no failed and, and then thought <laughs> this inspired. is great. but inspired yeah i just thought why isn't there an app where i can advertise that i have this food and someone who lives nearby can pop around and pick it up that's great so are there common
0: items that end up on the app then
1: yes there are well i mean there's just the diversity of stuff that's on earlier there's a bunch I had of a stuff look that you earlier can actually near me never even imagine and i, I
0: could pick up some flannels
1: yep random <laughs> <laughs> <It's>
0: like, what? <laughs> yeah, there's,
1: there's, there's all sorts of things. But uh, one of the things that kind of crops up fairly frequently that makes me smile, um, because we're a nation of tea drinkers, is we have all sorts of random tea flavours. Because oh. people will experiment with a fancy flavour, try it, don't like it. What are you going to do with those other 49 bags of um, yeah, yeah, whatever so- it might be?
0: Okay, that's interesting. I did actually see some tea on there locally, yeah. nearby. I also saw lots of uh, kids' food and things like that, which makes sense as well, because, yeah. you know, like you might try a couple of packets of food or whatever and your kid just like point blank yeah. refuses it. And then they such sure. a way. When, when
1: you're in those, um, you know, been there, I've, I've felt the pain and Olio's been amazingly helpful for that. Sort of one day, this is your kid's favourite food. Uh, and then the next day, yeah. they cannot stand it, will not touch it. Um, and what, what are you going to do with it? Similarly, sort of... Uh, after Easter you know my kids were very lucky to receive far too many Easter eggs and I was like there is no way they can eat all of these you didn't give
0: them away did you that's going to
1: be like a horror story for the rest of their lives I know they're probably going to (laughs) be scarred and traumatised and I'm a bad (laughs) mum Um, I'm only really kidding. <laughs> but, you know, I also couldn't eat them all myself, as no, much as I thing. wanted to. So I was like, I've just yeah. got to get them out the house so they can keep a few, but yeah. they don't need did eight they ever, Easter eggs. <laughs>
0: did they ever find out? Because you can kind well, of, like, get away with it with kids, you know can't what? you? You can kind of, like, tuck them away and they don't see it, don't mention it. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm sort of quite open with them
1: about it because... You know, kids are actually taught to share, and, yeah, and actually, I'm not sure they're necessarily even taught to so share. They kind of get it. Um, and so for them, uh, they know that, say, with their toys, so we also have a non-food section on Olio as well, mm. um, that their toys or their swim nappies that they've grown out of, all those things are going to be given to other kids who'd like them
0: because they don't need them anymore. Yeah, makes sense. So do you see a point in time where food sharing will become, and and I guess other types of sharing, uh, will become ubiquitous in society? Or do you think we'll always be fighting against the waste culture?
1: Well, uh, I, I am an deep. eternal <laughs> optimist. That's good. <laughs> um, you have and to be- so we are absolutely dedicated to creating a world in which throwing away food is as socially unacceptable as things such as littering, graffitiing, smoking in front of children. These are all things that were widespread uh, within our lifetime. And so I really, really hope that in five years' time, 10 years' time, we will look back and be absolutely horrified that our solution to too much good food was to toss it in the bin.
0: Yeah. I think that will happen. If you think about I don't know even things that perhaps feel like literally bad pun but drop in the ocean like plastic straws and things like mm-hmm. that it's already happening. Yeah. Um so it's just hard, isn't it? Because we're so awash with food or it feels like we're so awash with food at the moment. But obviously that's not going to last much longer with the climate breakdown. I think we're
1: we're awash with food right now. I don't think we value food. We don't understand all the hard work that's gone into creating it, all the water that's gone into it, the biodiversity loss that's gone into it, um, all the energy that's gone into it. Um, And then also I think the other problem is that back to that sort of not understanding our own impact, I think a lot of people think well what difference does throwing a couple of potatoes away make what difference does throwing away a few bananas and i think they also think well who's going to want my head of broccoli my two lemons and what i have to say to people is please 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 just give it a go add it to the app half of all the food that's added to oleo is requested in less than one hour
0: i was going to ask that that's amazing it's insane yeah and you have loads of volunteers as well don't you which that go yeah. around like picking up food and like distributing it Yeah <laughs> we
1: do so that that's the other um half of what we do
0: is Uh,
1: Fairly early on, we realised, we, I think somewhat naively hoped that perhaps local businesses would use Olio themselves and add, say, the local bakery, which has to sell fresh every day, which has to have fully stocked shelves till the end of the day. They generate an enormous amount of food waste. So we hoped that they would use the Olio app themselves. But we quickly discovered they just didn't have the time or capacity to do that. And so what we uh, did was we matched up are volunteers. So uh, these are amazing people called Food Waste Heroes. Uh, And we match them up with their local business and they go on a rota and then they go to the store at the end of the day, pick up the unsold food, take it home, add it to the app and redistribute it to their local community. So they're like kind of Father Christmas handing out amazing free food to their neighbours. So it's an incredibly social role. It's very, very fulfilling and it's just making a massive difference.
0: I can imagine feeling so much better about I don't know, life and the current climate by being able to do that So it's mm. and they don't get paid, so they're like volunteers, they take what, 10% of the goods that yeah, get to so,
1: keep them So what, what we're often asked, sort of, why do people do this? What's in it for them? Um, and there's a couple of things. First of all when you go to a store and you pick up this beautiful food and you think oh my god, if this wasn't for me this would have been tossed in the bin, so immediately that feels pretty amazing to know you're yeah. rescuing it You then get to give it out for free to your neighbours who obviously then love you you know mm-hmm. everybody wants it sadly some of your neighbors even need that food so that also is incredibly fulfilling and then we do allow uh, our volunteers if they would like to keep up to 10% of whatever they collect as a thank you
0: yeah that's really nice i like that and how how quickly did you get to the point where you were like okay we need help here and like let's kind of bring the community on board was it from the start or it, it was sort of fairly early on because we we found ourselves with this really challenging
1: conundrum in the early days actually which was that our early adopters so the people who immediately got early on what it was about were actually people who didn't waste that much food so they didn't have anything to add uh and that's yeah that's, that, a, problem that's a problem for a food sharing that's so, so funny. the early adopters sort of didn't oh have God. any didn't ha- actually have any food to give away um and then we could see that there were these so they had sort of time but no spare food because they didn't throw their food you know they didn't waste food and then on the other hand we saw that there were local businesses that had no time but had enormous amounts of um food that was being thrown away so we thought well i know why don't we match these two groups of people together uh, and that will make everything
0: work so do you work with sort of like big organizations i guess like the supermarkets and things like that now so the largest organization
1: that we work with Right now, sort of at scale, is Pret a Manger. Mm-hmm. So we're supporting over a hundred uh, of their stores to wow. be zero food waste. We're also working with um, really exciting flagship stores like Selfridges uh, in London. Ooh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You heard it here yeah. first. You can oh, get that's... Selfridges food on the Olio app. Um, we've uh, also started working with a number of catering companies. We've had least progress to be honest with the large supermarkets i I think just well it's because they're such enormous organizations it takes very long time to do anything and they've got lots of other projects that they need to work on around food waste before they get to sort of redistributing um, to the local community as an option so but we 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 have worked with a number of them and we absolutely anticipate that we will uh, in the coming years it feels
0: like it would be insane for them not to work with you so do they worry about things like I don't know, food safety and stuff like that. Because yeah. I've i heard stories um, before from my family who've worked in certain places and they've been told, oh, no, 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 we're not allowed to because we're liable and things like that. Does yeah that, do
2: that, you,
1: Does that happen? So it's a really, really important point. I mean, first of all, I, I find it very sort of frustrating because for a long time, there has been quite a lot of smoke and mirrors going on and the minute someone says health and safety everyone goes oh that's fine you you know everyone can keep chucking away this perfectly good food health and safety actually what we've done is we've spent the past two and a half years building really I guess kind of a, a sort of a world first food safety management system that is all about how do you connect volunteers with a store and then safely redistribute that food via an app so there's like a methodology absolutely so our, our food safety management system has been created with our food safety lawyer with uh, input from the fsa our primary authority and obviously anytime we work with a business then their internal legal and health and safety teams review all of our policies and processes so our food waste heroes undertake basic online training about how to safely store and redistribute food from a business
0: okay you've got it covered yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> that must have been quite intensive to like try and work out all of that out and kind of move through it successfully I mean yeah it has it's,
1: um, my co-founder Sasha um, oh she's chief take of operations right all the credit oh. there yeah she, she's done an enormous amount of work um yeah, is she a lawyer to, as well she's not but she's definitely had to get into kind of yeah. legal nitty gritty and, and and in some areas sort of the modern law you know i guess the law doesn't really reflect the modern world in which no, we live and in so many, we're many having things
0: to, yeah yeah
1: have conversations around that
0: so what's the best way to highlight your impact with customers then what do they what what resonates with them the most i think it's fair to say that Most of our users,
1: when they join Olio, what really appeals to them is solving the problem of food waste. Yeah. But once they have used the app, all they rave about is how amazing it feels to meet a neighbor. So we do actually now share back with our users in the app their own personal impact data oh. so you can see um, as a result of your sharing how many people you have shared with how many sort of litres of water have been saved because obviously food uses up an enormous amount of water to produce it and we yeah tell them all, all sorts of data so it's sort around. of like
0: positive reinforcement then rather than like look at all the mountains of food waste yeah and it, like, it's yeah. Like, it's this this is this is what you've saved yeah Now, as you may or may not know, we have a walking app called Go Jauntly. And because one of our main aims in life is to try and encourage you to walk more and discover new places to visit, Shane from Go Jauntly is going to take us through his favourite walks each week. You can find out more on our website or you can download the app. But in the meantime, Shane, what have you got for us today?
2: Hi, Hannah. Uh, The walk today is actually one inspired by you. You have told me quite a few times that the Jungless Massive in Heligan um, sort of the lost gardens of Heligan in Cornwall are an incredible place to visit. And so I checked out the walk in the app, and it does look really, really cool. It, I don't know if everyone knows the story, but there's these gardens on the Heligan Estate in Cornwall that were lost to overgrowth and disrepair for sort of most of the 20th century, and then were rediscovered in the 90s and brought back to life. And it just looks like the most enchanting, beautiful place. And... I saw in the app uh, one of the pictures you took Hannah that has there's a sort of net walk over the jungle canopy and I would go just for that alone but the rest of it sounds so cool. The history, the fields of flowers, the cafe, it all looks great. So that's on my list for the summer.
0: Thanks so much Shane. We're just going to go back to the podcast interview now. Aside from neighbour to neighbour food sharing, do you have any other tips to help people reduce food related carbon emissions or water waste? And I I guess the reason why I'm asking this is because our local borough, we've got those compost bins now. And so I'm wondering if like people feel better because at least it's being separated out and it's Mm going to get turned into compost. Like, is that a good thing or is it better? I mean, I'm I must it must yeah. be better to consume it I don't know what do you what do you think
1: well I'll, I'll answer that one in a second but let me start with your first question which is around how you can I guess you know, reduce your carbon impact and carbon footprint um, around food so it's really important to say that a quarter of all global carbon emissions um, come from the global food system so the decisions that you make with your food are pretty much Amongst the most important God, that you can do. That really around addressing me. your footprint. Yeah. So food is really, 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 really important. Um, within your kind of food footprints, the two biggest things really that you can do are obviously not throw away your food, as yeah. we've discussed. And just another little stat that I haven't shared yet, but a quarter of all of the water that humanity uses each year is used to grow food that's a never eaten. Yeah. God. So we have got to stop throwing away food because it's not just the food that's wasted it's all the land, labor, energy, packaging, manufacturing, distribution, refrigeration that goes into its There's production.
0: It's so much, isn't it? You just don't when you you, you just don't think about that when you buy no, an apple. No, or- so
1: an apple is 125 liters of water for a single apple. A hu-
0: 125 yeah. liters of water. Which
1: for reference for one apple. Sh- yeah. And a shower is about 50 liters.
0: Holy.
1: Yeah, I'm going to try so your to apple, swear. Exactly. <laughs> your <laughs> apple counts. So definitely, if you're looking at your carbon footprint, food is a great place yeah. to start. And stopping throwing away food is a great place to start. The other thing um, that we all need to be doing as quickly as possible is reducing our meat intake uh, in particular uh, and really ramping up uh, the amount of, sort of vegetables, grains, pulses, etc.
0: Okay. Yeah. There's some good things. I guess...
1: Yep. there might be what about meal planning well and so when when then we come back to sort of food yeah. waste and, and what can we do to uh, reduce our food waste other than share it on Olio yeah, um, shameless plug there <laughs> not uh, shameless at all actually sort of before you even get to Olio um, the first thing really that you do need to do is to plan your meals which sounds very boring mm. uh, but actually it's sort of surprisingly fun on a Sunday night to sit down and think right what what are we going to eat this week uh, so that's more fun than it sounds second thing then is to shop to your plan
0: yeah so do you do you use things like a cardo, or, or do you buy
1: purposefully um, well I've comp- personally I've completely changed my shopping habits since yeah. I've realised just how screwed up yeah. um, the world is and, and and the fact that we're in the depths of a climate yeah. crisis um, so I don't really shop from supermarkets much okay, any, so anymore so local I'm kind markets. of tending to go local
0: yeah Okay. these are all amazing tips so Um.
1: yes but the next one which I think so you plan your food you shop to your plan the next one then is about really learning how to store your food properly yeah and again I've learned an enormous amount about this so you know i'll just give you a few please and apologies if any, everyone knows this but you know tomatoes never go in the fridge okay i didn't know that uh
0: sorry bananas
1: <laughs> bananas wrap something around the top of a bunch of bananas you know beeswax wrap or cling film or whatever yeah. you've got what, because that, that slows that? that slows down the rate with oh which my. they ripen so okay. they last twice as long
0: seriously yes oh,
1: please share more uh don't ever put your potatoes and onions together because they both they sort of speed up the rate at which they both ripen and go there off. There's
0: so much I don't know. I didn't know that. And they should be
1: kept in a dark, cool space.
0: There is, but they're together in ours. Oh, yeah, God. Yeah, they
1: need to be separated. Okay. And then another one that um, I loved is a bit random. But if you put a slice of onion in a tub with an opened avocado, it stops the avocado going brown
0: an opened avocado yeah so you know if you're like yeah you just want half yeah you yeah, just buy yeah. yourself
1: and you just want half an avocado yeah, yeah, you put yeah. the other half in with in a piece a tub. of onion but if you and it and you know generally the next day it's gone it's gone brown and doesn't look so yeah. great but if you put a slice of onion in um yeah can you write that. a blog
0: post about this because i don't think people <laughs> do you do know what? About i think <laughs> I, I
1: think i probably um should do but but it's amazing so and, and that's just a few of them there are literally hundreds of tips and tricks you need that, to write a book or something
0: like that's i like I don't know. I consider Do you
1: know I've my... just I've just started blogging literally a week ago, yeah, I saw so that. I think I will add this to
0: my uh, yeah. yeah to my list of. God, stuff. I want to ask you a million questions now because I feel yeah. like I'm doing so much wrong. Like it took me until I was maybe thirty-ish to realise that you shouldn't put potatoes in a fridge. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Well, listen.
1: Whilst we're sort of fessing up, yeah. it wasn't until about two years ago that I even figured out how to make breadcrumbs, which is really embarrassing because how I've do you make bread, like in a oh, mixer? It's, well, it's just spectacularly yeah. easy because so 24 million slices of bread are thrown away every single day by UK yeah. households, and a lot of the reasons is you just don't get round to eating the whole loaf. So yeah. two two tips around bread. First of all, freeze it. Then just bring it out the freezer and just pop it in the toaster slice by slice when you need yeah. it.
0: Someone else told me that recently. We've been doing that. Yeah, it's such great, a good idea. Such a good idea. And then when you're like got no food in the house. You've
1: always got yeah a slice of toast. And then yeah, bread crumbs is just insanely easy. You just, you know, cut it into chunks, sprinkle some olive oil over it, some herbs, whack it in the oven hundred and eighty degrees for I can't remember how long it is, you need to keep an eye on it. I think it's like ten minutes or something. Yeah. And then I shove it in a blender. And then you've got breadcrumbs, which can be used for all sorts of
0: fabulous things. I'm just thinking, you've definitely got a book here. You have to well, do it. Well, I don't know. You definitely. <laughs> I'm not an expert in this area, but I have learned, I've learned a lot. But you must know lots more people as well. I have, I have well. learned a lot. Yeah, yeah, you definitely. Oh, my God. So, where should you keep an avocado?
1: In Well, I, do you know what? I don't actually know. So, I'm not going to say what I don't know the correct answer. Okay. I, I keep it in the fridge once it's opened, yeah. um, but I leave it out on the top.
0: I try and keep it ripen. in the fridge so that I can like keep it for as long as possible until I need it and then try and take it out but I don't know I feel really guilty about food waste because it's it's been something that's been bugging me. I wrote about um Olio very early on um in the year because uh, I was getting really really frustrated and I wrote my first blog post and <laughs> yeah. in it it was like the UN's um sustainable development goals and for everyone I recommended like an app or a platform or a service. Brilliant. And, and and yours was was on that on that list as well. And and, and it's been bugging me because there's there's just things that I started to see patterns that I'm not using up enough of. Yeah. Um, and so I've started to ban the, ban buying those items, like because mm. it, I mean that's I don't know if that's very good, but that's one way of stopping the guilt. But this is, feels like something more tangible yeah. that I can do. Yeah. Um, but I think that it's really interesting because you've you've sort
1: of used the word guilt. Yeah. Um, and I, I kind of well I inwardly go yay because I think we all need to tap into our inner guilt because at the moment society as a whole we've just become completely anaesthetised to food waste um, yeah. and and it's kind of weird because people think that a sh- an app for sharing food is weird and what we try and say is no it's even weirder that we're throwing away such enormous amounts of food and food yeah. at the end of the day is our life source like we need it to live and to exist mm. uh, and in particular we're living in a world where as we sort of project forward to 2050 we've got another 2.2 billion people rocking up on our planet and to feed everyone we need to increase global food production by 50 percent and today we have no idea how we're going to achieve that so we all need to be tapping into that guilt that we feel feel when when good food goes to waste because that food should be eaten by somebody
0: yeah I'm so I have real problems with, with inner guilt you know like even just like I couldn't buy a pot of hummus now because yeah. I know that it comes in plastic all the plastic it comes in it comes yeah. in plastic and then well, I don't, if you don't eat it in two free taste it tastes a bit minging yeah but do you know
1: what so again hummus <laughs> I made my first ever hummus earlier on this yeah, summer it's and, really easy isn't it oh again it's just I, I'm just yeah. always a bit embarrassed I'm like really was it that easy oh gosh I just didn't realise and you can do it completely sustainably because you, you get the tahini paste which is in a glass yeah. jar and your chickpeas which are in tins tin. and a few other things I can't quite remember yeah. Love them all in a blender and it was if I say so myself
0: it was amazing yeah. it tasted so good I highly recommend uh, some garlic in there although yeah, it's a bit, a bit stinking garlic, yeah um, but yeah so now I don't buy hummus because of just the guilt surrounding yeah. it and yeah. my, my son loves it and he's like yeah okay your one's okay mum but it's not smooth (laughs) but tough and pesto is another good one it's it's just like it's about like I remember I was speaking to someone about trying to give up plastic and that's really really hard and we obviously there was like just Plastic Free July just happened and I've got a friend um, Jessie who's like amazing with that kind of stuff and she was just like sharing all of her tips but what I found was like it's really overwhelming because mm. like when when you start noticing plastic, like I yeah. guess you would with food waste, you can't stop seeing it. So uh, wherever you are, it's just like this plastic it, it waste is. floating around it you. Is. and
1: and and I've I've been on on that sort of journey as well of just trying to stamp out single-use plastics, yeah. and it is massively overwhelming. And but the way that I've found to get through it is to just say, Do you know. What, each week or, or whenever I can, I'm just going to pick off one thing. I'm yes. just going to solve one yeah. little thing in my house. You know, so the first yeah. thing I solved, I think, was my toothbrush. I was like, aha, yeah. I can swap that out for a bamboo toothbrush. Great. I've like, I've solved that problem. And and actually, it then becomes quite fun. She's so like, oh, how can I now solve this problem? Yeah. And you just sort of slowly work your way through Agreed. it. No stress, no pressure, no guilt, actually, because mm. we probably actually are too guilty about too many things. Yeah. Um, and just turn it into something fun and and then you start it becomes a bit of a contest right with yourself and you're like okay what am I going to what am I going to do next and some things can really flummox you for a while and then you'll have a breakthrough and figure out
0: a way around it and it, it feels awesome yeah no that's great okay so all of this kind of leads us on to Earth Overshoot Day, which yes. happened recently, and it inspired your first blog post, yeah. and you ended up on Sky, and not many people were talking about it, and the yeah. first I'd heard of it was when I saw you tweet about it, and I was yeah. just like, I can't believe I didn't know that, because I'm interested in this area, so t- t- yeah. t- t- tell us more about that.
1: Yeah, I mean, my blog post, if I'm allowed to swear, was you you know, swear. Earth Overshoot Day, what the f- yeah. So when I first heard about Earth Overshoot Day, which was a couple of days, it's a couple of years ago, it absolutely blew my brains. And so for those of you who haven't heard of it yet, hold on. Um, so Earth Overshoot Day is the day in the year in which humanity has used up all the resources that the Earth can replenish in a year. So when it was first measured, which was in the late 60s, Earth Overshoot Day was the 31st of December. And so what that means is that humanity (laughs) was living sustainably-ish. You know, we were using up in a year what the Earth could replenish in a year, happy days. Mm. Fast forward to this year, Earth Overshoot Day was the 29th of July. So it's already gone. It's gone. And so what that means is that every single thing, that every single one of us, seven and a half billion people, rapidly rising to 10 billion, Mm. consumes after the 29th of July, so from now on, is net net depletive to the planet. Mm. And it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that that is not sustainable. Uh, And so we have got to radically overhaul absolutely everything about the way we live live and exist uh, on this planet. And I'm really passionate about the impact that individual action can have um one because when millions of people start doing something actually small changes have a transformative effect but also two it's only when we start voting with our pounds voting with our wallets yeah and saying for every pound i spend i'm going to use it to spend on something that is the world that i want to see um that that message is sent through to businesses is sent through to government and then really really big change will happen
0: you're so inspiring. Thank you so much for doing everything oh, just that you've done. Telling I'm, it how it is. I know, but we need people like you telling it how it is. Like yeah. and we need your voices like escalated. Um maybe go into politics, I don't know, or take over <laughs> take over the world. <laughs> So you can so you can download um, the Olio app yes. on the Play Store, yes, and it's on the App Store, Absolutely, and you yeah. also have a web version
1: now. We do, yeah. So we wanted to make Olio as accessible as possible. So if you can get an internet connection, then you can use yeah. Olio. And what's the URL? www.olio. So O L I O ex.com
0: great thank you so much for sharing that thank you Um, we're going to summarize all of the amazing links and tips so like your blog posts and things like that so that everyone can go to the website and download um, or click through and get access to those very quickly but thank you again fantastic thank you for having me on i really appreciate it it was really inspiring to talk to tessa today she manages to keep so much data and information in her mind Food waste is a scourge of modern society, and the more we can do to limit food waste, the better. Hopefully you're as inspired as I am to download the app. Thank you for listening to this episode of Nature Bants. Don't forget to rate it and subscribe to the whole series. Next episode, we'll be talking to Carol Wright, a local London gardener, beekeeper and walking role model for the BAME community.